0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of Secrets and Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host Sylvie Daou and Cycling Coach. So before we get started, I have some quick announcements. I have two, actually, and they are related to winter or cycling training skills. Now, August is about the time where a lot of us start thinking about, ooh, what am I going to do to you know, improve what I'm already doing now? So you think about, how am I doing on the road? What kind of skills would I love to improve and how am I going to get those skills? And that's where I have something so amazing for you. It doesn't matter where you're sitting because we're in like 35 different countries. Amazing. So this can impact all of you if it interests you or piques your interest. So the first thing is I have a cycling skills online four week workshop. For women. And this is where we're going to, it's only for September and October. Each week we focus on a different skill. So first we really work on what is a smooth pedal stroke and how to get more efficient. I'm going to share with you the skills and tips and my secrets about that. And then we're going to move on to hills and then speed. And then we finish it up with nutrition. We get, and we also talk about our weight training program, which is so important for strength training, to become better. With this one is super fun because every week we do the workshop and then I give you homework and then we have a Q&A. So you basically have me as a coach for the whole month. And that is cyclingskillspro.com. Go, you can register now, secure your spot September or October. Then the next one is a much longer, more training, more uh geared towards um working towards goals. And really drilling in the skills that, A, we go through in the four-week program. Pedal stroke, then we get into the drills. And it's periodized. I also help you with organizing yourself to be scheduled in your training so that you don't overdo it and you become very intentional. I just love this because a lot of people just get on the online programs and they just go for broke all the time you have to plan it. It's an 80-20 rule, 80% um, endurance, 20% intensity. And if you're not getting that, you're just going to basically overtrain yourself and overdo it. So the 16-week program is dedicated to that and so much more. So this starts in November to March. So it's truly through the winter. Weight training, online program, uh, maybe some racing, group riding, All of that is going to be part. You just join us and we'll take care of your winter training. Now go to 16weekroadcycling.ca and secure your spot. Registration is not open right now, but those who are on the VIP will get a chance to secure a spot at an early bird price. So don't wait, get on the list. All right, take care and have an amazing day. And don't forget to ride your bike. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming out for another episode of Secrets and Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dayu, and this super amazing woman, Julian Murphy. Now, I'll just give you a little background. She is not a cyclist, and it doesn't matter because we met in a mastermind group, and the the reason why I'm bringing her out here, and I'm going to give you a bit of her background, is that... Within sport comes business and, you know, there's athletes, there's coaches, there' are event organizers and wrapped around that there's branding, business coaching, which all leads to sales. And this is why I brought her in here because she's a marketing specialist. So if you're an athlete coach or event organizer or anybody in the, the sporting space who is looking to figure out how to leverage yourself and your brand to build a business around it, you want to be listening to this podcast. So let me bring in Jillian. I'm going to give her a little bio and then she's going to just like talk your ear off with goodness because she's just amazing. So Jillian Murphy is insanely passionate about empowering females in sales, and I'm sure she'll work with the dudes too, um, in a way that brings in simplicity and authenticity. She began her career in sales 22 years ago as an entry-level sales rep, uh, having no clue on how to do it. That's how we all feel as we start. So she can completely relate. Um, I'm building relationships and connections, and that's truly where it's where it all starts um she was the first female hired into her organization of over 35 men sales reps so don't worry dudes she can work with you too she just had and she wanted to be a leader uh she wanted to be a leader in 22 years she has sold over 1 million sales piloted two brands from idea to x uh x uh exception no execution (laughs) execution Within her sales company, leading a team of over 100 sales professionals and in March moved into the online space becoming because she saw a need for women to be more confident in sales, which leads to more income and impact. So when not working alongside women online, Jillian's found can be found participating masterminds and that's how we met networking events and always learning and growing, being a mom to both her daughter and her new rescue pup. Welcome Jillian to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's so funny that you said that about the dudes, because (laughs) when I ended up leaving corporate America, there was about 222 men that I worked with. So when I came to the online space, I was like, I am here for the women, but it's actually interesting. I actually do work with several men as well. So (laughs) if you guys are listening to this and you are intrigued by what I do, there's always a spot for you.
0: Excellent. Cause I know like, you know, within the, the space there's uh, maybe unfortunately more pro guys, but I don't know. The space is starting to change, especially with women's equality you know, in cycling, which is a huge thing right now. So let's just dive into what it is to build a brand around, say, because I know there's a lot of elite athletes. So within elite athletes, we, they, and, you know, they all need money to continue their passion, right? Traveling, gear, you can only get so many brand and be a brand ambassador for so many people. And you can only get so many a maybe free bikes, maybe not bikes so it's very expensive to continue going. And so how do you create, how can you create a brand around yourself that's going to bring you money while you're on the road?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I love talking about that because people are so nervous to talk about money and money gives you opportunities. Mm -hmm. Money gives you, money gives you choices. So knowing that it's okay to make money, it's okay to make money around yourself and to make money around your brand. So I remember when I first came into the online space and I was building a brand around me, I really thought to myself, what are my core values? Just like if I was in corporate, What are my core values? What is my personal mission statement? Mm -hmm. And from there, that's really where the brand starts to grow. But it's really getting clear on like, what sets you apart from other athletes? What sets you apart from other cyclists so that you can speak about your own authenticity and why brands are going to want to work with you. And and in return, you can then Mm -hmm. like make money off of yourself because you are your own brand. And it's interesting because when I was I was in corporate for 22 years. As like you said, I worked for some of the largest brands. So yes, I was good in sales, but people were buying from me because there was a brand that I was repping. You know, I read right. Stouffer's, Gatorade. Um, like there was just some major brands. So it was like, oh, it was easy. And then you came to the online space, and I'm no longer standing in front of a brand. I am now the brand. So mm. again, what can you do to really stand out from your Fellow Fit
0: Pros out there, that's true. Because actually, you just said something. Is how do you how can an athlete approach a brand, like market them to a brand? I didn't I didn't bring that in at the segue, but in the beginning. But um, that is a very important thing because I think like how what can you bring? So let's can you so can you talk about some of the things that have you a
1: worked with athletes on this aspect? So it's really interesting. So not only am I a sales coach in this space, but I'm a co-founder of a subscription box. So we, oh. work, yeah, we work with a lot of athletes. We work with a lot of runners, a lot of cyclists and all of those things. So we get pitched on the other side from athletes, from, you know, brand yeah, yeah. ambassadors, influencers. So I always say is like, what sets you apart? Why should, right. I, why should I ask to partner with you? So that's definitely one way that I see it is that you can go out and you can definitely approach these brands, but you have to know like what sets you apart. And it's not always like your followers or your likes. It could just Mm -hmm. be like you as a person. Like there's a lot of influencers that I work with on the subscription box side that don't have the largest followings, but they're like, their humanness is what draws me to them.
0: Right. So let's just dive into that a bit more what do you look for? And what deters you? Yeah.
1: So <laughs> what do you look what, for?
0: And what really turns you off?
1: Yeah. So everybody what, pay attention. <laughs> so what, what really interests me is when they have a vested interest in what we're doing. So, you know, for example, we're a healthy snack box. So they might reach out to me and they might say, you know, I'm a healthy mom in this space, or, um, you know, I'm someone who has lots of children. I'm always looking for healthy snacks, or I'm an athlete, Or like, I'm a kicker, like we work with this kicker out of Ball State University and he was like, I'm a kicker and we're always looking for healthy snacks like in between uh, rounds or games or whatnot. So to me, from the very beginning, they've done what I call like recon work. They know what Mm. we do. They know what sets us apart. They're not coming to me saying, hey, I'd love to partner with your brand. What do you guys pay? They've taken time to kind of look at it. So on the flip side, the brands that just you can tell are cold pitching brand after brand after brand. I mean, I can smell it a mile away. So it's like, why do you actually want to partner with us? And a lot of times, I ask these athletes or these runners or these moms, like, why do you want to partner with uh, Taste Crate? Like, what what intrigues you about it? And I get them to tell me, and then it's like, then I see if it's a good fit.
0: Ah, okay. So what deters you basically is the not you have not researched us whatsoever and you're just coming in here looking for like
1: not freebie yeah to be an affiliate or you know something like that because we get it all the time like oh i'm new uh you know i'd love to collaborate with your brand and then i'll send a message back and it's like what do you love most about it (laughs) it's like crickets because like they haven't done the research they haven't looked at it so yeah if you're if there's a brand and this is what i say too if you're going to be an affiliate for a brand or you're going to partner with a brand or you're going to ask a brand to take you on as a, like a collaborator make sure one you're excited about it because that's also sales you have to be right. like so obsessed with the brand the bread the the bite, the the drink the water whatever it is so that you can do it because if you're just pitching brands you're not going to be excited to talk about them
0: that's a good point you have to be just like oh you know, I'm not going to pitch myself and not a not use the product. Yeah. You have to be, I <laughs> had to be willing to use a product, showcase it yeah. and then get excited about it. I totally agree. So now as a newer athlete, what can you, who is like in the space of like, who would like to build a brand about themselves? What would you say would maybe be a couple steps that they would do to get started
1: So, I love talking about branding because I think what people think is that branding is their colors or their font or how they want their Instagram page to be. And really, what your brand is really, what your brand is is what people say about you when you're not in the room. That's what Mm. your brand is. So, you know, we all talk about Starbucks, Apple, Lululemon, Peloton, whatever it is, because that's the brand. It's not the color of the green. It's not the Apple logo. It's not the bike is what people are saying about the brand when the brand's not there. So if you can start to really think to yourself, what, what do I want my brand to stand for? What do I want people to know about me? And how do I want to make people feel when they're around me? That truly is what branding is. Mm -hmm. Like, so for me, for an example, you know, part of my branding is I'm always going to be extremely real. I'm not going to give it to you like soft. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have empathy. I'm going to help you grow along the way. So these are things that when I leave a room or a mastermind or a networking event that people are going to say about me, nobody's saying like, Oh, Jill was a really great brand of hot pink and teal. That's not what a brand is. is. Well, okay. It's pretty cool colors, but it's not what the brand is.
0: (laughs) Actually, I kind of like what you just said, because, um, you know, but isn't that, isn't that part of the look and feel of your brand? Like, don't you have to have that kind of part too?
1: You do. But I also, I I think people spend too much time in like Um, that part of it. And it's way more important what your people like feel about you. So when I was in, when I was in corporate and I was fairly new, I had an air, I had like an air around me. Like I was like snobby. I didn't, I, I, the, the men that I work with, I didn't resonate with. So I had people didn't really like me in corporate in the beginning, the first like year or two. And I can remember going in for my review and somebody saying, what do you think people think about you in this space? And I was like, they love me, like I'm amazing. And they were like, no, people actually don't wanna work for you. They actually (laughs) don't like this. And it was like mind blowing because that was my brand. Like that's the brand that I was putting out. And from that day forward, I shifted my brand. And I thought to myself, when I'm not in a room or I'm not on a podcast or I'm not on social media stories. What are people saying about me? Cause that's my brand.
0: Oh my oh. gosh. That, that must've slapped you right in the face.
1: I was also really young. I was like 22, 23. I
0: oh, full of piss and vinegar, right? Eh? Yeah. Ah,
1: I'm much more mature now. I'm 44. amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what else can you tell us about like build, like as a business? building a brand in the say like well we'll just use cycling in the cycling space it could be any sport yeah. so if we move from like the athlete so we're looking at the athlete like the authenticity um, but can you give us a little bit actually before we go to the business could you give us a little bit more on say like if I was a newbie um like I, I understand like what you're saying about having that brand but If I really want to go and showcase and start building myself up on social media, like what are kind of the steps that I would do?
1: Yeah. So one of the things I want you to think about, and I did not coin this phrase, so it's not mine, but it's what I live and die by is called your unfair advantage. And this and is what okay. yep, this is what sets you apart from everybody else. Because guess what? There's 3.8 billion people in the world, probably more mm. now. There's a bajillion coaches online, whether it's health coaches, fitness coaches, cycling coaches, whatever it is, but there's only one of you. So mm-hmm. what your unfair advantage is, it's a list of a couple things. One of them is your own results that you've gotten for yourself. So maybe you are an athlete and you've overcome something or you've lost weight or you've gained weight or you've, you've went from couch to marathon, whatever it is, like your own personal results is part of your unfair advantage. The second thing is your experience. What experience do you have that nobody else has, right? Nobody else. I can say that like, They came into corporate at X amount of years, managed X amount of people, did X amount of things like that's my unfair advantage. So like, what's your experience? The next one is your education. And this doesn't have to be like you have an MBA or you have like a crazy degree, but like your education, like what do you have? What have you read? What books? What have you studied? What networks? Like, what can you educate your audience with? Another one is your network. So people don't speak Mm. enough about their network. I tell people all the time, you want to work with me because my network is worth millions. So even if I don't transform your life, my network is going to. So remember to speak into connections that you have, um, maybe groups that you're in, maybe leaders or mentors or something in that space, because that's also going to set you apart from everybody else.
0: Right. Those are kind of like your main
1: things with your unfair advantage.
0: I love that. I'm just taking notes for myself.
1: Right. It actually came from a (laughs) book. So if you guys are in the online space, there's a book called The Nuclear Effect. I've read it seven times. It's
0: nuclear effect. Okay.
1: I don't have it in front of me, otherwise I would show you. But it is an incredible book. And it basically talks about the six things you need to build a multi-six and seven figure business.
0: And those Um, are the six right there.
1: Online. That's like one tiny little piece. Oh wow. I'm gonna go
0: download that. Yeah.
1: So it's like marketing sales systems intimacy profitability and then there's like one other one it's an amazing amazing book
0: wow I love reading um I particularly like the audio books only because I don't have time to read so much but if it's a really good book I do buy it
1: Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's, it's one I would suggest buying because there's a lot of highlighting opportunities
0: oh that's what I mean yeah one of those all right. So I guess it goes the same, like we're talking about athletes, then into coaches. And what about, have you worked with event organizers that want to create like massive um, media around an event? Like, you know, cause there's a lot of charity rides, right. And there's a lot of charity rides. Like um, how do you set yours out apart from the rest.
1: Yeah. So and it really goes back to that, that, that branding and that what's important to you. So for example, I just hosted a retreat and when I sat down is I know it's not the same thing, but it's still an event. Mm-hmm. And when I sat down, I thought to myself, one, how do I want people to feel when they get there? Right. How do I want people to feel when they leave? What are core elements of my brand that I want to now bring into this event? So for example, me, Community is a huge element of my business and my brand. So I wanted to bring community into my event. Health right. and wellness is a very big part of my brand and my lifestyle. So I wanted to bring that into my retreat. So You start to ask yourself, like, again, what sets your ride apart from everybody else? What mm-hmm. can you do that's different? What can you do that makes people feel a different way? And sometimes what you have to do is you have to look at other rides, other races, other events, mm-hmm even go to them and see, I really like this and I didn't really like this. And this is the gap that I want to fix. Right. Right? So like for an example, I I just recently had my retreat and when I left my retreat, I went to a retreat and it was an amazing retreat. I was obsessed with it, but there were things at both retreats that I saw, well, this is a gap. So now I want to bring this more to my retreat, or I learned this from this retreat that I want to bring back to mine or I didn't like how this was done. So I'm going to bring it back to mine. So sometimes going and studying other events, other rides, other charity events will help you decide what you want yours to be.
0: That's a good point. Well, yeah, because I know I've been to events and I'm like, eh, not so happy, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but you like, you know, yeah. How can you make yours? And I'm, I'm an event organizer and, you know, I try and make it better every year by, taking, doing surveys and finding out what, um, you know, how people felt during, after, what are the little things that, um, you know, maybe I didn't see that I could make better. And I certainly find that um, that has worked a lot. I do that with my volunteers and uh, participants. So I get it from both sides because, you know, usually (laughs) everybody's got a different story about something that happened. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, well, we'll see if there's something that I can actually do about this, or yeah. it's like way beyond the scope of, you know, just people being around and, and not being able to, you know, control that part. So yeah, even, like, I, even when I
1: came into this space and I became an online coach, um, I invested in tens of thousands of dollars last year in other programs to go see what I liked and what I didn't. Oh and what was working well and what wasn't. And I basically joined programs that were similar to mine, but I wanted to see it. Just like I attend master classes, for an example, if you're not in this space, this is like where another coach hosts something, I go to them and I say like, I like how that was ran, or I didn't like how that was ran. So I'm always learning from my peers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to invest to get in those rooms, but then it helps you figure out like what what you did. So I was in a program one time and they had a co-coach for an example. And I didn't like it. I was like, I don't, I don't like that this program has two coaches. So I knew moving forward that that was something that I was not going to have in my business. So what you can do is you can go to these other things, see what you like, see what fills you up, see what feels good, and then build yours around that.
0: I think that's a good point, because that's something that I'm changing this year about my program is that I used to have two other coaches with me, and now I'm just going to run it myself you know, cause I used to give them stuff to do and, and then it was, you know, I wasn't be able to, and, you know, I wasn't there the whole time cause online classes and, uh, but we coached the same thing. And then like, I'd hear different things, you know, like we were kind of doing things a little differently across the board. And, you know, some people didn't like some things, some people like them. And I was like, Hmm, maybe I should just eliminate, I mean, because it's online, I can I can facilitate everybody. I don't need, yeah. you know, where I used to be in a studio, I couldn't like physically want to be there like yeah. <laughs> all like three times a week. Yeah, I'm, like, totally. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, I'll commit to one day and I'll coach, but I see how I can evolve and make my program way better. And I guess this is like, you know, for any coach that's online, it can be of any sport. Um, It's being able, like you said, making it better, creating a space where people are looking for something different. And you know what the thing is about this, Jillian, is that I hear a lot of people in their current groups asking what they want. And I'm like, and you said that, see, I was listening to you on Chris's podcast where he had the panel. I was like, man, that's good. Um, And I've heard from others and that's something I've never done. Like outside of the survey, which I think is, you know, it's one time, but I was like, wow. And I feel weird about asking.
1: So I, I don't create anything without my audience wanting it. Anything.
0: I know you said that. I was like, mm-hmm. that's brilliant. And it's,
1: and it's really interesting. I'll actually tell you like a, a true life story. So I created this thing called the community about six months ago. It's my lowest ticket offer. It's $97. It's like nothing. And I was so excited about this community. I thought I was going to have hundreds of people in it. It was going to be this massive moneymaker for me. In six months, I have sold four spots. I have made $400, okay? Okay why because my audience didn't ask for it my audience didn't want it my audience didn't really know what it was so jill thought it was like the coolest thing ever but my audience didn't want it and i joke around i can literally sell a five thousand dollar coaching program 10 times easier than this 97 seven dollar program and i actually just canceled it last night i like as of last night it's like it's done it's i can't do it anymore but that's like a great example is so often we think that like i have the best idea and we go to market and we put it out and we spend money on marketing or Facebook ads or whatever it is. And you're like, nobody really asked for this. So it's, it's, it's so interesting. So ask your audience, what do you want? How do you want to learn? How do you want this, but this race to feel? What kind of snacks do you want? Like whatever it is, ask them because then you're going to have such better results because they're going to be so much happier with what it is. I, I say this to my coach all the time, Paul Quinnette little shout out for her. I'm like that community was the hardest thing I ever sold the hardest thing and it's because nobody nobody asked for it nobody wanted it
0: yeah and and I think that that's it and I'm like wow and then I'm like oh gosh what am I going to ask you know and I'm like oh my gosh do I like and then as you get tied up in your head about what how to like what kind of question and how to formulate it and I'm like oh wow so I think that you know, that's the best thing, even like, you know, when we talk about coach, like this is a coaching, you could be coaching anything. If you have a large community, ask them what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do that right after this, because I'm working on my winter program, everyone for cycling. this is the one I was talking about, like I've truly reduced things, added things. Um, I'm excited about it. <laughs> like I'm excited about it, but I've been running it for 15 years. And I've, I've been doing, so the thing is that I want to triple the registration for more, more global audience, because it's always been local. Mm -hmm. It's always been within this. And, and so stepping out of my coaching zone is a little scary. And so this, this can be for any coach and this can be for athletes who are looking at putting together you know, something that they can offer to create some extra money with, um, to, you know, subsidize their career. It's everybody, you know, it's no different from being, you know, uh, in uh, an entrepreneur, really like, you know, you can only work so many part-time, um, uh, you know, um, average wage jobs. Mm-hmm and and kill your time that way to make little money like it's so true it's ridiculous
1: and I love that you say that too about like the money thing so if you're on here and you're like a business coach or a fit pro coach or anything I think that there's also like a misconception that you come online and you just start making millions so like (laughs) yeah yeah, people think like they just like throw their courses out there and like people are going to drop like thousands and thousands of dollars on it and you you make you reminded me of something that I say to my girls if you were working a minimum wage job, how minimum many wage. hours would you have to work to make that income? So don't expect to do a couple Instagram stories and throw up a couple of reels, and people are going to be throwing thousands of dollars at you. What would the time take if you were in like an actual job having to do that work?
0: Exactly. I'm like slow
1: your roll. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> slow your roll. Slow down. Slow. It.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah. So because I, you know, I I just. I talk to a lot of girl, well, a lot of girls, a lot of cyclists and, and, you know, they want to go pro, you know, they, they need to go to the States to get the races in, to get the results, to get the points, to move up in the ranks, to go to national, to whatever. And it's just like, you know, how do you find that business? Cause now you cannot work a job, mm-hmm. no. right? you have to figure out something online. And there was only one that I talked to who was funny enough. I was like, cause I asked them, I said, do you guys have like a side hustle? Like, yeah. you know, I, I talked to a couple Olympic athletes. So I was like, do you guys have a side hustle? Because this must cost money. Like I'm sure Canada is like giving you some money, but like really, how much are they paying? Yeah, exactly. and, and I only had one. One, she's like, yeah, I created a little side hustle for myself. And she goes, Sylvie, I made more money, you know, and she was in Europe racing and she was consulting and uh, she goes, it was tough because racing is like a full-time job. Like you have to train like, you know, five, six, eight you know, um, hours Is that day? why I get
1: passed all the time on the trail by these cyclists on my mountain bike? Because you guys are training for like 10 hours a day. <laughs> I was on the trail. So I, I ride my bike every day, like two hours, but I'm not like a cyclist. I'm just oh like, my God, God. yay. But like two hours every night. And the other day I was like on the trail and this guy drove past me who was like 80. And he's like, just got passed by a grandpa. And I was like, nice. <laughs>
0: Yay, Yay, grandpa. Like,
1: I like think I'm like booking it. And then you guys are like, bam, 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 bam. I'm like, bam,
0: go that fast oh it's all in the training julia it's all it's crazy training. so you need to you need to join my program to find I out to all write. the secrets find out the secrets on how to become more efficient fast i love effective it I love on your it. bike I love it. I love it. <laughs> well so so yeah so we've been talking about um is there anything else that you can kind of interject and add i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i want to ask because I mean, it's pretty, even though we kind of like, oh, there's got to be more to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, there's got to be like, it's like secret sauce, a secret sauce. Just like, you have to come to my program, find out the secret sauce and how to like bike faster. Yeah. But it's a little bit different. (laughs) Like, there is, there's like things you got to do. And you don't wake up and like, boom, you're like, you know, Clara Hughes or Lance Armstrong. But, and I know it's the same with yours, you know, like, is there anything else that we need to know?
1: Not really. She just did (laughs) a post on this yesterday. I was like, quit falling for marketing. There is no secret sauce. The secret sauce is like, do the work. Like if you're listening to this right now and you're like, how do I get faster runner? How do I become a faster recycler? How do I become making more money? Like do the work. And that's what Mm -hmm. I always say is like, that's usually the missing link is that people just want to take the shortcuts. And going back to what you said about the other girl with like the side hustle, this is also like something that I say to the women that I work with and men. If you, if you have a side hustle, don't treat it like a side hustle, treat it like an actual like job that you go to, mm-hmm. put the time in, put the energy in because a side hustle will pay you much better when you don't treat it like a side hustle.
0: Oh, that's a good point. I like yeah.
1: that. The side hustles usually get like a little bit of time thrown at them. And then you guess what? You get a little bit of income thrown at you. So treat it, like, treat it like an actual business and you'll see massive results
0: that's true. I like that actually. It's always like, you know, I just want to make a little money. Okay. So you're doing a side hustle, but do you want to make a lot of money? Well, okay. It's got to be like a more of a full-time job on top of what you're doing. If you truly want to, you know, see it, see the money roll in. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It was so great talking to you.
0: (laughs) This has been great. I hope, um, I want to thank all of our listeners and, uh, And, you know, give us some good, like, takeaways. Did you get, was anything in there resonate with you? Um, I know that, you know, there's a lot of recreational cyclists who, but here's the thing. And maybe this is a side hustle for you because a lot of people, like, look to upgrade their bikes and don't necessarily have the cash to do it. Um, (laughs) So maybe a side hustle is for you. Because I know that, you know, these days, bikes are not cheap. They're not cheap. They're not cheap.
1: No, you cannot get
0: a cheap bike, even at Walmart. So because they're gone.
1: Yeah, you can't, but you literally can't.
0: So here, you want to talk to me about how you can make $2,000 to buy a bike? <laughs> You're to me. There you go.
1: There I you can help you. you.
0: I got you. And okay. yeah, so you can ride in style with all your friends.
1: Awesome. Um, all, the, all the cool gear.
0: That's right. Get all the like cool gear. Up on the, on
1: the trail. I'm always like, man, I don't even <laughs> match. You guys are all like geared
0: out. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got to like, first you got the bike, and then you have to like add at least $800 for the shoes, the pedals, the helmet, the bike, you know, like.
1: <laughs> yeah, all the things.
0: Don't think it's not just a straight up purchase. Yeah. Um, all right. With that, Thank you so much, Jillian. It's an amazing pleasure to talk with you. Um, I love following you. And oh, where can we find you? Yeah,
1: I live on the gram. I'm always on my stories. On IG is my place that I love to be. Jillian M. Murphy. Uh, shoot me a DM. Let's connect. Let me get to know you. Let me virtually high five you. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get, connect on the gram. Do you have a website? I don't. Oh, really? No
0: who needs a website?
1: <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I, I, I say this all the time to the girls in my community. And I say it extremely humbly. I've made close to a half a million dollars in my business in a year. And I've done it with a zoom link, a whiteboard and a notebook pad. So also know that you don't need a lot of shit to get started. You just need a passion and a purpose to help people. So if you're listening to this right now, and you're like, oh, there's so many things I need to start a business. I literally a whiteboard a zoom link in a notebook. And that's what I've I run my entire business off of that. You don't need anything fancy. No, I, nothing you know, fancy. Like, I don't I, even show up fancy on my calls. This is how I show up all day. <laughs> I love that shirt. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like, what am I going to wear today? <laughs> yeah, I try and dress up somewhat almost every day just to, because to feel like kind of normal, like you're out um, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like this. This is not. Yeah, this is like it hasn't been like this in like weeks. So <laughs> since I went and got my haircut, um, it. so like I try and try and do something that I look half normal. But all right, well, thank you so much, and thanks to our listeners. And yes, thank yes, you, friends. And please give us a good takeaway. Like, if you had like a bit of an aha moment, if you're an athlete or a coach or even an event organizer that has been struggling, drop us a note, uh, take this episode, put it up and sh- give us a shout out. And so Jillian can get in touch with you. Follow me on Instagram as well. Um, fortunately I'm everywhere, but <laughs> you can just Google me. You can see it like everywhere. Um, I'm not necessarily everywhere all the time though. Um, but uh, don't forget to follow and share um and also give us a review and five stars
1: yes amazing thank you so much for having me i appreciate your time today thanks a lot jillian bye friends
0: thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport i am so glad you stopped by today please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.